Welcome to Live from Lockdown, Zach and Dom keeping you company during this time of self-isolation. Thanks to COVID-19, I am in my spare room. Dom is in his bedroom. Mm. We're coming to you live from lockdown. And I've got to say, just to start today, Zach, I'm wiping a few tears away. You know I've been binging Modern Family. I did just finish Modern Family about an hour ago, and so I'm a little is bit... Is it an emotional end, is it? Oh, of course. I mean, any show that runs for 11 seasons, you know I'm, I'm awful with any kind of ending. And when a TV show you know and loved ends, I mean, it's so hard to say goodbye to the characters. Now, did they go with, over the last scene, the mm. three options they had <laughs> that everyone uses? Was it yeah. either Good Riddance, mm. uh, the graduation song by Vitamin <laughs> C, or Closing Time? Well, see, and I think this was an act of madness, really. They went with the generic uh, acoustic guitar piece. That sort of mm. was, was a bit moving. And I agree with you. It would have been so much better if you'd had a montage over the 11 years that show's been on with Green Day's Time of Your Life. It would have been so much better. What's the... What's the oh, look how much they've grown. Completely. They look so different. Completely. So, but look, it, it did get me. I, I did shed a tear quite um, sincerely. So, what's the... I was thinking, though, what's the biggest show ending that's moved you? The biggest end of a series that's, that's maybe made you a bit emotional? Do you get emotional over the end of TV series? Or are you just like, oh... Well, I get emotional because of the storyline. Whereas I think you get emotional because of the time you think you've spent with the characters. <laughs> well, hang on. What do you mean I think I've spent with the characters? What does think have to do in that sentence? <laughs> well, because the characters are fictitious. Well, you know, yeah. I'll get emotional over the, the intended narrative. <laughs> so whether people... Uh, are moving on in their lives sure. or someone's passed away or they're getting married or, you know, those are usually the things that have happened. Mm. Whereas I feel like you grieve these friendships that you no longer are going to have. <laughs> well, it did feel, watching it, um, the, the final episode, felt a bit like a year 12 graduation. Like, you know, we're all mm. going off into our separate areas now. Like me and them are all heading off into new worlds and new lives. It's actually why, by the way, you know I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Um, which you've also enjoyed, I guess, ridiculing over the years. But the great thing about Doctor Who, Zach... No, it, I was very moved when... The, exterminate! Exterminate! Jeez, <laughs> oh, I had tears running down my face when I saw that. Do you know... Uh, the, does that dust can have wheels on the bottom? What's going on here? There was one moment in the radio studio where I tried to show Zach. We might have shared this story, but what I thought was a really moving scene from Peter Capaldi's run on Doctor Who... <laughs> And um, <laughs> midway through, they cut to, to a Zygon, which is an alien in the Doctor Who universe that is basically a big red puffy thing with, like, suction caps on it. And you did turn to me and say, is this actually meant to make me emotional? <laughs> but is there, Some of the costume is remarkably low budget. <laughs> well, they've got, to, they've got to create, like, they do 12 episodes a season. They have to create 12 different universes. For one season. I mean, it's right. a big, big budget task. But the thing with Doctor Who, right, is every character, you can change the actor. Everyone behind the scenes can change. So it's the show that can never die. They could end it next week and bring it back again in 10 years. It's insulation from having to deal with endings. That's why I love that show. Right. It will it's never go away from never me. Ends. It will never go away from me like Modern Family has. Right, so you're you're coming to the end and you're a bit emotional this morning because of, yeah. you know, now you have to find another show or... Yeah, basically. It's not as bad. Did you ever see the daytime TV show Everwood? Did you ever stumble upon no. that? It's actually where Chris Pratt got his start. He might have been a teenager or maybe early 20s. 
But um, we used to love Everwood in this family. It was a small town uh, sort of TV show about a high-flying doctor lost his wife and they moved to a small town to sort of build a new life. The final episode of that show, I didn't go outside for two days. It was it moved me that much. I was genuinely bawling. Was the final episode of uh, Modern Family any good? Because it's pretty hard to find a good one. I've recently watched the end of 30 Rock. Yep. And I thought they did okay. It, yep. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but they did okay. They did better than most. I thought they did better than Parks and Rec, yep. uh, which I thought was pretty poor. Yeah, no, no Modern Family, I thought, did a really good job. And also set it up for a spin-off, which is good, because you want to you want to leave the door open for a spin-off. Did that happen? Uh, well, it only ended like three or four weeks ago. Like, this is pretty fresh. Really? So, yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> they only filmed it this year. But um, in order, the three worst ever TV show finales, in my opinion... The third mm-hmm. worst, How I Met Your Mother. Didn't like it. Didn't enjoy yeah. it at all. It's very chop and changey towards the end. Yeah. Well, second, Seinfeld. That's a somewhat famous one, but did not enjoy that. that was okay. No, didn't like it. And of course, touching back on a conversation a couple of weeks ago, Lost. Worst TV finale of all time. Can't Again, stand it. That was okay. No, it makes me furious. They were dead the whole time is not how you end a five or six season TV right? show. It's kind of ambiguous. No, it's pretty clear they were dead. Anyway, that's I should ask how... how Nothing's you, very clear on that show. Well, that's true. I, look, I'm speaking a lot about myself and my TV watching. How are you going? You, you holding up Good. okay? Spent most of the last three days on hold trying to get my NBN connected, but we're up and running. Oh, fun. The guy oh. put the wrong number in when he came out. That's nice. So that get puts me on hold for three hours <laughs> over three days. Well, what's it, the number in it right? What's it like? From someone who doesn't have NBN, what's the future like? It's great. Yeah, okay. It's like going from, you know, your first beat-up car mm. to driving your parents' car. It's like, oh, this is comfy. This is smooth. It's yeah, meant to sure. feel like this, does it? Well, Whereas I know- in my old car, you know, I had grass growing through the carpet. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that that's not you throwing, a, uh, I guess, a joke around. You quite literally had growth in the carpet. But I, mm. I, um, I know some people have been critical of the NBN when it came in. You are you're just a happy customer, though. Well, you've got to understand how slow my internet was before. Yeah, that's so. I haven't been to these countries where I haven't used the internet in these countries that have really great internet. Mm. And so, you know, I don't know what I'm missing out on. Yeah, maybe who has good internet, super fast internet. I feel like a lot of those European countries have amazing internet, like Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. You know, all those. What are you basing that on? I just have a feeling that every time you, you know how you see the stories that those countries only work a three day working week, that you're not like it's illegal to work four days a week or something. And those stories, I think it is. Pencils down. (laughs) No, No, I'm pretty sure that like you bosses will get fined heavily if it's found that they've been making their workers work more than three days a week. Isn't that, isn't that the case in those countries? I don't think so. Okay. I I thought that was the case, but look, you always hear about that. And then you hear about these amazing social changes they've sort of implemented and found a way to make work in society. And I feel like alongside all of that, really fast internet was something that they had. I like a lot of the ideas they have in those Northern European countries. What's always missing from those conversations is pretty small populations. Well, that's true. That's true. So when you compare to your Americas and Chinas and Mm. and stuff like that, I'd you, oh, hopefully it can scale up, but I like everyone's like they've sorted it out. I'm like, yeah, they've got 10 million people, though. Yeah, yeah. 
I have always loved them though because I I wanted to go to is it Greenland? Did you ever see the Secret Life of Ben Stiller? That I mean, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that um Ben Stiller movie. That made mm. me want to go. Was that Greenland? He goes to at the end. Iceland. Um, Iceland, I think. I've always wanted to go Iceland there. Iceland is since green. Then. Greenland is icy. Yeah. Always wanted to go there since that one. That seems like the sort of place I'd fit in. I don't in. know if you could cut it, to be honest. What do you mean? <laughs> How could I not cut it? What's wrong with, with me that wouldn't fit in over there? It's a long way away. Oh, so you don't think I'd make the flight? To... Um, I just think it's quite an isolated place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you romanticise these in your head, but I don't know if you would actually enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe not. Because you're, out- you're not an outside person. And no, that's why people go to these places. But I, I love sitting by a window and looking outside. I love a good view. Mm. Could you just put it on your as your background? <laughs> on your computer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, has anyone ever thought of digital windows? That's a good idea. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm, they have them overseas. Really? Like, so in small apartments. Yeah, they'll literally have, like, there's a hole cut in the window. Yeah. In the, you know, in the wall and it will mm. look like it's a window sill. Yep. And there'll be a screen on the other side. That's brilliant. You can either do it with, they, some people will have actually a view, a bit mm. like a TV set, I guess. But I think a lot of people, it's just a light. Right. You know, okay, to sure, simulate sure. Uh, daylight. Because you can imagine some of those apartments, if you don't have a window, it's pretty depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you well, stayed you in one of these? coming in. Have you stayed in something like this or have you just heard of it? With a fake window? No, I've just seen them around. Because I can't imagine... Let me think, what's the worst accommodation I've ever stayed in? I, I don't think I've ever stayed in something that's super depressing. I stayed in an apartment in Japan where I could touch both the walls when I stretched out my arms. Oh, yeah. So from one wall to the other, it was that small. But it had a window in the end, so we had some natural light coming in. I don't think I've ever stayed in one without any natural light. Well, you know, not for an extended period of time anyway. No, no, I, I don't think so either. My family mostly took like country retreat family holidays. Like we'd go to small towns and stay in bed and breakfasts and stuff. So they're generally pretty well, uh, well lit. Although I do, I will remember one was, was so comfortable actually that when we moved in at night, we found that there was a family of possums living there. This was in Mount Tambourine. There was a whole family of possums living in the house. Like I think there was about eight or nine of them the night we moved in. So that didn't last Well, long. you have to put up with that sometimes in bed and breakfast, don't you? You're not the only guest there. <laughs> Got to be respectful of the others. That's it. That's what I hate about them. Do yeah. they, the ones that you stayed in, did they have like the breakfast where you go down and have breakfast with the host? Oh, uh, no, I've never done that. Like, you I've know the real traditional that. ones where they yeah. have like a kitchen that's just basically in their house and yeah. you have to go down and you sit oh, around a table. Actually, no. In 2018, when I was in New Zealand, I did stay. When I was visiting the Hobbiton set, I did stay in one of them where literally our bedroom was next to the master bedroom of the hosts, shared bathroom. So so you'd be walking out at night if you needed to go to the bathroom and say hi to, oh, what was their names? Wally was the guy's name. I can't remember the, the, the woman's name. And uh, then you come out in the morning and they'd have the TV on and their music playing or whatever and they'd have cooked breakfast to sit down and eat with you. And the, the, it was really awkward because you'd sit down at the table and then I only realised as we sat down that they weren't eating, that they'd cooked and they were going to sit down as well, but they were just going to watch me eat, which I guess was part of what they offered, but it felt so awkward. What, what age do you get to where that becomes a benefit? <laughs> where people look at that not as detracting from the trip, <laughs> but... Oh, it'd be good to sit down and have a yarn with the host. <laughs> yeah. 
it's because I point. feel like whenever I see that, whenever I'm on Airbnb, I always put, you know, you know, what is it? Separate house or whatever, private, yeah, entire, entire place. House. Yeah. Because I don't want to. I like some people love it. It's not yeah. for me. Don't want to sit down and talk to you. Don't really want to get local recommendations. Maybe depends who the host is. You yeah. might have a little conversation at the start, but then to be honest. I don't really want to see you because I don't want to be reminded that it's your house. In a hotel, That's you have true. some disassociation to the fact that there's been a thousand people there before. You yeah. don't want to think about that. And when it's in someone's house, I don't really want to think about that this is where you live. I want to think about it as I'm in there for these two days and outside of those two days, it never gets used. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Is if you had a... That's why I've never really been a big fan of visitor books in, in accommodation because I don't want to see that there's been 18 people stay here in the past two months. You know, I, I don't... Especially I don't... when people go... Especially because there's a subtext to it as well. Yeah, yeah. And that is when people are talking about it's their honeymoon and, yes. and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to think about that when I'm sleeping <laughs> in that bed. <laughs> well, I do remember once we, we went to a place in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales on a family holiday and they, they had a, a guest book that... Do you know Colin Buchanan... The um the Australian songwriter. He was uh, on Play School. He was on Play School. He also quite famously wrote the Aussie version of Jingle Bells that you might have heard sung at a community Christmas card. Uh, in a rusty Holden Ute. Yep, that's him. That's Colin Buchanan. Well, he had just stayed at the Airbnb just before us. So it wasn't an Airbnb, it was just a general rental, but he'd stayed there just before us. And he kept in his in the guest book thing, he kept going on about how comfortable the bed was. And and so then when, when you know when what do you mean kept going on? How long was this review? <laughs> well, I guess guest books are the original leaving a review on Airbnb, aren't they? That's that's where that came from. This is just giving me an idea, though. Yeah. Next guest book I find, yeah. I will be writing reviews from low-level celebrities. <laughs> you just need to find people who are believable because you can't go. You can't go Kanye West, but you're not going to blink at Colin Buchanan. You'll be like, yeah, no. sure. That, sure. That, of course <laughs> he stayed true. here. So who else could so you, you throw in there? F- who else could be believable? Uh, I think from Brisbane, a famous yeah. Brisbane newsreader, Sharon Gadella. Yeah, that's believable. That's exactly what we're talking about. That level of... Because like, I reckon if you put in, for example, Shane Warne, that's maybe no. too high. How about some Big Brother alumni? We could have yep. hot dogs. Yep. Who would sign hot dogs, probably? Yeah, yeah I would imagine so. Would you believe it? And what about this? probably the season that he was on Big Brother as well. Yeah, that's like fair. hot dogs, Big Brother 05. What if you were in, like, you know, country Queensland staying in a, a rental uh, and the most recent signature was Koshy, David Kosh? Would you believe that? Or is that too far-fetched? Well, it depends if Sunrise was on the road or not. Yeah, that's true. Because they do travel a lot, and assumably some of those remote places, there's only a certain amount of accommodation, so it is possible yeah. that Koshi and the cash cow had to share a room. Yeah, well, I know some people have always wanted to, you know, go on the road with their favourite band. I've sometimes thought of following Sunrise around. Just Who to, are you going to follow <laughs> down around? To town. I'll go to well when they, you know, when they do their tours, when they go from like town to town for a while. I'll yeah. go stay with them. I'll follow them. I've seen Sunrise live four times. You know that. In Met, Sydney every time? Yeah, yeah. Met Koshy when I didn't have a voice. I was sick one morning and I couldn't tell him how much I loved the show. Mm. It was quite awkward. My dad how introduced ironic. me and dad said, David, this is my son Dom. He loves the show. And I was like, hi, Koshy. It was awful. It was like oh, the one so day. You, were, you couldn't talk because you were sick, not because you were speechless. Yeah, no. 
meeting your hero? <laughs> no, no, because I was legitimately, I had a really bad cold and I'd lost my voice. And it was the one day I got to meet Koshi and I couldn't speak to him. It's the cruelest twist now, of fate. Do you, they say never meet your heroes mm. because it will ruin your opinion of him. Yeah. How was Koshi? Oh, he was great. He gave me a sunrise bumper sticker, um, which was pretty special. But the, the look in your eyes mm, I mean, as I say this. Is not... <laughs> well, a strange gift to give a 15-year-old who obviously doesn't have a car. That's true. Well, I guess it's probably the only sticker they had. But we. It, what's funny is, this, I don't know if they still do this, but the Sunrise presenters after the show used to go out on Martin Place in Sydney, just outside where they'd film, and they'd meet everyone who was standing outside the window and they would sign pictures of themselves and hand them out. And um, I just thought it was interesting because, like, I got a so I got assigned Koshi naturally. I got assigned Mel Doyle, who used to be his co-host before Sam Armitage, and also Natalie Barr, who's the newsreader, gave me one. And I just thought it's an interesting thing when you go to journalism school to become a newsreader. You probably never think you're going to be signing, you know, images of yourself as a newsreader. I don't think anyone there really knew what they were getting, but yeah. Reminds me one of my favorite dumb face stories. What's that one? On the very seldom occasion that a podcast listener or a video viewer might come up and say hello in public, and those people came up to you that time and they were talking to you about how they knew Collective Noun and they knew other stuff you did, and you said, oh, do you want to get a photo? And they said, no, thank you. <laughs> I politely declined. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that it's kind of hard to to have a conversation after that point. It was a bit really okay. awkward because I I kind of what they're indicating because here's what I would think right if I met someone who I was aware of but wasn't even that big a fan of but decided to speak to, I would get the photo just to to remo- remove the awkwardness right even if I didn't care mm. about the photo I was just going to delete it. But I feel like once you say no photo, what you've clearly indicated is oh we don't really care that much. This isn't really at all important to me. So I'm surprised that you found yourself in that pickle because after you had the experience with Koshi, yeah. I thought you might just carry around headshots <laughs> already signed. There you go, love. <laughs> just in the wallet. Oh, just have a few in the back pocket every everywhere I go because you can yep. never be too prepared. You can never give be too prepared. Give them a few. Give them out to your friends. Yeah. They'll never believe that you met the Dom Fay. Of course they believe it because everyone could have met Dom Fay when he was sitting in the food court having his acai bowl every morning. <laughs> Well, see, the worst one of those, I don't know if I ever told this story on the radio. I certainly told it to you, though, of when I was in, you know, on that same New Zealand trip I just mentioned. I was in Queenstown near Fergburger, which is a oh, institution no. of, of New Zealand. I remember this. This one is <laughs> Well, so we're in New Zealand, right? And and we should stress what Zach said. Like, it is not a common thing for someone to come up and say, I'll, I have seen Collective Noun or anything, but... On the very scattered occasions it's happened, it's been very lovely and very flattering. And I'm standing outside Fergburger, and there's this this woman, maybe early mid thirties, and she keeps sort of looking back at me, and she keeps and and it's called sort of this weird thing where she keeps like almost staring at me, and I can't figure. Uh, out- here we go, here we go. I can't <laughs> escape it. Put the sunnies on. Well, I thought, surely not in New Zealand. Surely I'm not going to have someone here say, hey, I've listened to what you do. Am I? Is that really about to happen? But she kept staring at me and I thought, why else would she be staring at me? What else would be going on here? Anyway, this goes on for about two or three minutes until she comes over to talk to me and says, hey, and I said, oh, hey, how are you going? And she says, yeah, I'm going well, thanks. And I said, have you listened to the radio show? Which really I shouldn't have led with. (laughs) 
I shouldn't have led with it. I should have said, how can I help you? But I, I just, I was feeling a bit awkward about it. So I said, have you listened to the radio show or something? And she said, no, 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 you're standing in the in the way of the line. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just trying to see the specials. Could you read them out to me? Yeah. That's why I never, never assume. Even I've had people say before, do I know you from somewhere? And I... I, even then, I won't say, oh, do you listen to this very obscure podcast? Mm. Be like, I don't know, maybe maybe we went to school together. <laughs> no, no, it's it's awful. And to be honest, it's not a mistake I'll make again. Um, that one really and so did, what did what happened? down. <laughs> did you move out of the way and have a clear yeah, I left run the, to the I, specials? I left the store. I wasn't getting a burger after that. I had to go somewhere Really? Else. Of course. It, well, I was just going to stand there. Because the thing about Ferg Burger in Queenstown, for anyone who's been there, in New Zealand. Long wait. It can be a long wait. Like the burgers are are world renowned, but it can be a 20, 30 minute wait until your food's ready because, because of how popular it is. I wasn't standing there for 20 or 30 minutes in close proximity to this person who, by the way, I need to mention, went back to her group of female friends who I think she was traveling with. And I did hear them giggling. So mm. I, I don't. I can only imagine that stories were swapped about what had just occurred with me. So there's no way I was hanging around there any longer. Now, can I ask you a question about Ferg Burger? Yeah. Last time I went there was 10 years ago, and there wasn't a big burger culture in the world at that time, or at least, you yeah. know, in Australia. Sure. But since then, gourmet burgers or the burger that's better than a fast food burger... <laughs> Yep. has become quite popular. Heaps of burger, like Did, that that mid-level burger chain yeah, had well, popped up burger everywhere. Burger Urge, Grilled, even your local yep. kind of one-off burger places, there's a lot of them. Does Ferg Burger still stack up? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's still the best. It's still better. Still the best. And I think that's what of, I've wondered since then. It was yeah. great 10 years ago, but I'm like, was that just because no one had had... Sure. A burger that someone had really put a lot of effort into? No, I would Or is it because it actually is better? I would say it's still the best burger I've, uh, I've ever had. And I most recent wow. one would have been about two years ago. And I think a part of it is because you're in this freezing cold climate eating it, that having something, you know, because you're eating it out on the street generally out the front of it, um, and it sort of does warm you up. For oh, me I mean, you don't have to be. You could walk down to well, one yeah. of the most picturesque lakes in the world. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to scoff it down on the sidewalk as you walk out the shop. Well, my point is though, when it when we when I've been there at least in the middle of winter and it's it's you know two degrees or something in the middle of the day, it it warms the soul, warms the insides up. The Ferg Burger, that's what's so good about it. I think. Now we're twenty minutes in. We haven't hooked what's going to be on the show today. We are going to have a live <laughs> ad of Dom's whistling CDs. We'll probably do yeah. uh, another What's He Whistling to end it as well. Yeah, Dom, what do you, hang on, what do you mean a... we'll probably do another What's He Whistling? Why is that up for debate? I... Okay, you, we will do another What's He Whistling. Are you going cold on What's He Whistling? You're not, you're not going cold on this segment, are you? Well, most of the time I can't even hear it, to be honest. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Zoom doesn't pick up whistling. Zoom has some type of prejudice against whistling. Well, I, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I should say. Or how? Was, so last week, the last episode, um, I did The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. That was what I was whistling. And we did have Michael, Joshua, Tim, Daniel, Rebecca, Bradley, uh, another Rebecca and Sierra all got it. And can I just say, Zach, there were some amazing compliments coming through about how my whistling has improved. I was actually, I was a bit blown away at the the sort of messages saying, I, I was skeptical at first, but then when you whistled this one, I knew you had a gift. I might be paraphrasing, I, but I around think that I line. just, 
I didn't read the whole message. I only saw, you know, the subject line because I knew mm. that you were getting back to him. But I think someone mentioned something about being moved to tears. And I think I saw a quote more emotional than the modern family ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 was definitely in there. Oh, Cameron was the first in though. Cameron sent me today's task, which I'll do at the end of the podcast. And this this is okay. definitely the hardest one because this one has a bit less of a melody than maybe some of the other ones. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have my work cut out for me today. I also just on Motsy whistling before we get to other stuff coming up. I do need to clarify. Uh, Michael got in touch. Producer Michael said that um, apparently I said last week when Morgan guessed that I was whistling into the unknown, I said I didn't know what that was. And Michael says, you're going to annoy a legion of Frozen fans. Apparently that's a song from Frozen. So I just want to apologize to Frozen fans because I don't want to indicate that I don't know that one. Have you seen Frozen? I haven't seen Frozen. I've seen the first one some time ago. I'm open to watching the second. I've been told I should watch the second. I'm surprised you saw the first one. Well, Zach, it was a moment of cultural phenomenon. Did you never watch Despicable yeah, Me to see what the tens. Minions were? Yeah. Did you watch Despicable Me? Have you seen that? No, of course not. Oh, so you never actually seen the Minions in action? Yeah, no, because I was an adult when they came out. <laughs> Did Why you... would I see Despicable Me? In what context would that come up? It's a fun movie. Steve Carell's in it. <laughs> okay. I mean, did you... Well, obviously, you, you would go and see things like Finding Dory. Did you see Finding nope. Dory? Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Well, there were a lot of adults in the centre at Finding Dory. Yeah, did they have small children next to them? No, no, no. Many didn't. Because it was an important part, similar to Toy Story 4 last year, it's an important part of your childhood. So you're just reliving yeah, it a little bit. didn't see that either. Yeah. Okay. should see that. It had good reviews, didn't it? I've been meaning yeah. to get the uh, Disney Plus, but I, surprisingly, five weeks into isolation, <laughs> I haven't got that desperate yet. It's amazing how much you've always thought, this is what I'm finding, how much I always thought, well, if I had the time, I'd do it. And now that I have Mm. the time, it's proof I just don't really want to do it. Yeah, the days kind of go pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It is at that stage now. We're going to get out the other side of this and I'm going to think, geez, I didn't really... uh, it's been five weeks. We've been doing this podcast for almost a month. Have we? Gosh. Uh, At least three weeks, I think. Oh, well. Well done. Well done, everybody. Amazing. Yeah, and speaking of which, we are... 25 minutes in and we literally haven't spoken about anything yeah <laughs> so all right i'll I stop mean, there interrupting were a few suggestions there were a few suggestions in the comments i i think i saw sierra mention maybe you guys could play a few games on the podcast and i thought yeah. that was maybe an indication to the 20 minute <laughs> the 20 minute ramblings about traveling to new zealand that don't really have any point <laughs> well hey no they do have a point because did you hear they want to open that new zealand bubble you heard about that? The Trans-Tasman bubble? When's that opening? Because I know this weekend in Queensland, you're allowed to travel 50 kilometres away yeah. from your house. We can go for a picnic, I mean, how Zach. far away is New Zealand? <laughs> That's a bit further. But the thinking is, if New Zealand and Australia both get this thing completely under control, which looks like, you know, is quite likely to happen, that will open this Trans-Tasman bubble where you can travel to New Zealand, but nowhere else, and they can travel here. Well, there's some New Zealanders on my street that I was talking to, mm. and they said... Um, that New Zealand is taking, this was a few weeks ago, maybe it's changed, er, an eradication approach is what yes. they're saying. Yeah, they and think so they've got it. Saying, well, he was saying, oh, I can't see it opening anytime soon. That was a few weeks ago, though, so maybe it's turned around since then. But they were, you know, because they can't go home, obviously. Yeah, well, sure. I guess Australia's at home, but they can't go visit their family in New Zealand. And so they were concerned. And it seemed like that they were, the indication was... 
that it possibly was going to be a long time? Yeah. Is that not the case anymore? Well, so uh, New Zealand's Deputy Prime Minister spoke, like, I think two weeks ago now. I saw that two weeks ago. And and said that, that they think they could open up a bubble. Now, my guess would be that wouldn't be until like September. So I don't think I'm getting there this year. But I do think Well I'm meant to be there right now. I guess that maybe is for the Where would you be right now? Where would you be at this very moment? Well I didn't get that far into the trip. Well let me have a think. What is it? Tuesday this we were meant to go a week and a half ago. By now I think either Wanaka or what is it Tuesday? No. Yeah I think Wanaka. Outside of Queenstown. Beautiful, beautiful place. Wanaka is my favorite place in the world. Yes, well, the maze. There's a famous lake, beautiful, uh, (laughs) beautiful mountain range. But really, I'm there for Puzzling World, the very, very small tourist attraction that was possibly built in the 80s, and not a lick of paint changed since then. (laughs) You've heard of the the theme parks on the Gold Coast, but they're not a scratch on Puzzling World in Wanaka. I uh, I love the the maze at, at Puzzling World is the most intricate maze. Of, yeah, of course I did it. I think I live streamed it on Instagram a couple of years ago. Actually, it's um mm. just because I was bored in there. I got stuck in there for three hours. I couldn't find my way out. It, it's genuinely the hardest maze I've ever done. It's really tricky, and that does make it sound now, like I've do done a lot of mazes. You have a long list of human <laughs> mazes. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I've done probably seven or eight mazes, I think. And that was the hardest. If we were still on the radio, I've just come up with a great idea. You know how in a lab they test Mm. rats in mazes? Or at least that's the cliche. Sure. We would build, I think out of cardboard boxes, we'd we'd get big fridge boxes. Yeah. And we would build the same maze out of wood, like a scale maze for a rat. Mm. Then we'd scale it up for you and we'd see who could solve it first. That that would be a good video. It, yeah, it would Man be a good rat. video. <laughs> it would be a good video, and it's it's nice Imagine to have a peek you're into by a rat. <laughs> that would be humiliating. Well, hang on, like, the, there's no coming back from that. Because <laughs> you could put cheese at the exit for both of us. Because I think you're that, both similarly attracted to it. Yeah, that's how you'll tease us out. No, you're right, and it is nice to have a portal into what life would have been like in a non-pandemic world where this show continued on. I don't that would have been quite an effort to build a maze, a rat-sized maze, human-sized. You'd need a warehouse or something, wouldn't you? Yeah, we'd need a warehouse. You'd need to source a lot of boxes. I think you could. I think we'd just go around the city going to Retrovisions, yeah. Harvey Normans, I think uh, the good guys. I don't think the Retrovisions existed for a decade, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't purchased an appliance in a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's I don't think re- I think they did change it to RT Edwards or something briefly, but I, <sighs> that's what I'm thinking of. I don't think Retrovision has been called Retrovision since maybe 2005. I'll tell you about an outing I had recently the other yeah, night. Sure, uh, an exciting, well, kind of an exciting thing, not necessarily a positively exciting thing. Hmm. Outing I had the other night. We got a call. Um, it's all okay now. At the moment, it was quite distressing that my granddad. In his 80s, he had Mm. gone out on his scooter. You know, these mobility scooters? Yeah. Unfortunately, he got lost quite a way away from home and it went dark so he couldn't come back. So my uh, mother-in-law went to pick him up, but they had a problem that the mobility scooter was stuck kilometers away from home in the darkness. 
Mm. They gave us a call and they said, we need someone to take it back. And I said, <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you... So the other night... Yeah. In the cover of darkness, <laughs> I had to take the, I don't know, probably maybe 45 minute journey back home on this mobility scooter. Wow. It was, you know, the circumstances around it weren't the best. Mm. It was a, it's quite an enjoyable ride though. When you've been stuck inside <laughs> for the last five weeks and sure. you're not allowed to go on road trips, it was kind of a miniature road trip. What's the, what's the top speed the mobility scooter can get 12. up to? Yeah. Okay. All right, twelve kilometers. I could. Now. I was trying to figure out how. I was looking for the nos. You know, when Fast and the Furious, <laughs> they have because it had all these buttons and it had, you know, the the universal sign for fast, the rabbit, the universal sign for slow, the turtle. Sure. And I, it was on the turtle. I got it off the turtle, but I never really. I couldn't figure out how to get it onto the rabbit, and so I think I had it at top speed. I couldn't really figure it out. Interesting. So is that about how fast? like the lime scooters go or, or uh, no they go about 25 yeah maybe okay. even faster 30 i think it's probably fair they go pretty they cap them at 12 then because they're a bit even at 12 to be completely honest with you mm. you could do some damage yeah because okay. they're heavy they're big and heavy yeah that's and the so, thing and the yeah. footpath is quite thin so you got to stay right on the footpath so steering was hard we oh it was very responsive he's got a really high model i think yeah okay sure um, so she performed really well, but <laughs> yeah. you got to keep it straight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that He's, I can imagine like how in the midst of all this, that would seem like the week's entertainment. Oh yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, it's not brilliant. That's a very scary circumstance. Well, the funny but thing once was, everything was I mean, okay, the funny it's thing. Yeah. The redeeming thing was he wasn't bothered at all. Yeah, it sure wasn't. Either. He wasn't in distress. I don't. You know, when I got it back to their house, I went and said, brought her back in one piece, and he just goes, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> like, wasn't you know, didn't bother him at all. Happy to throw me the keys. So oh. I'm thinking of taking it out for a spin this afternoon. Actually, <laughs> now that I've got a feel for it. Hey, well, if we can travel 50 kilometers this weekend in Queensland, <laughs> honestly, I actually it's a great invention because. Yeah. You can really go a distance on it, and they're very reliable. Yeah, and so okay. it gives accessibility to people who you know can't drive or have some personal restrictions to their movement. I thought, man, if you you could have a real good day out on this, you could get halfway across town. Yeah, no, it's uh, look, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I suppose they're only available for people who are who really need them. No, though. you can purchase one. Really? How no much? Are, how much do they set you back? Oh, I think they're pretty expensive. Like. <laughs> few thousand dollars yeah okay because you want them to be what you want is to make sure that the brakes work and stuff like that yeah that's fair. <laughs> that's fair you don't want the brakes to go while you're going down a hill or something I, like that i did see a, a pensioner on my street actually this is six months or so ago on a mobility scooter and there is no way they were doing under 40 kilometers an hour i don't know what they'd done to their scooter oh, flying. <laughs> they, they sped past like it was, it was kind of a little bit, a little bit un unclear what had happened there. But uh, I think they might, it might be someone who used to tinker with cars or something. Yeah, and he's got, it up. he's got in and tinkered with his mobility scooter. Well, this is the interesting thing. It's definitely speed restricted. I used to have this on my scooter. Mm. They used to, I used to drive a 50 cc scooter for a small period of time before I realized, geez, this is dangerous. <laughs> sure. And they, uh, there was a speed restriction on the engine, so you hit a certain a certain speed and it stops. So even when you're going downhill, 
Mm. It won't just let you, you know, on a bike, you go faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. got a free spin on the wheel. But this, mm. you know, it would hit a, I think it was like an engine brake or something. I'm not totally sure of the mechanics, but it was a similar thing with this scooter, obviously, because again, going downhill, you don't want them just going out of control. But it did mean that the motor was actually much more powerful than 12 kilometers an hour. Right. And so you maintain 12 kilometers an hour, whether you're going downhill, whether you're going flat, but, before sure. the, but because the engine has a lot more in it, it means that when you're going uphill, you're going 12 as well. So you, you never slow down. You just, you're constantly at 12. Right, it's cruise control. Cruise control. That's great. And that does suggest that if only a little bit of time in the workshop and you can harness mm. some more there, doesn't it? Yeah, there's there's some wire somewhere that got cut. Yeah, exactly. This guy to unlock the, the, true, <laughs> the true speed of the beast. He was going full rabbit. Well, I reckon I used to work in a retirement village. Mm. I never saw it when I was there, but... I wouldn't put it past him to have some street races around there and those things. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine them souping them up? Oh, totally. Totally. And that's what I expect my retirement to look like. That's a funny thing, isn't it? Because what will we be as retirees? I was talking to producer Michael about this the other day, about how Facebook is aging. Mm. How it feels like that everyone on Facebook is getting older. And, you know, things like TikTok come in yep. and uh, they're much younger. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking that used to be kind of a criticism to where the company was going. You know, I was, it's going to age out. Mm. But I'm not sure if it will because we're kind of the first generation to have social media. And I don't think that's going to go away. I think... It's social media is just here now. And so there'll be social medias for retirees. There'll be a retiree Tinder, I believe. There'll be a retiree TikTok. It'd be hard to do dances once you get up into your 80s maybe, but they'll figure that out. And so it is, when you think about it, we will be playing Mario Kart in the retirement homes. We will be playing crash team racing because yeah. these are the things that we want to be reminded of. Well, that's the, and that's so true. Everything that we think might sound like old person music, for example, at one stage was the equivalent. It was hit. Yeah. One stage was the equivalent of Billie Eilish. Frank Sinatra was Kanye West. Completely. Yeah. Um, essentially. Um, but he's... is that what people are going to say? Are people going to say that about Kanye? Oh, <laughs> you know granddad's playing kanye again <laughs> i think so like i think that's how I, I think it's it's less likely that we will become the one generation that just stays seemingly young everything ages no, of course not because it's already happened yeah that's already why happened. facebook's aging because so many people didn't get on the new ones yeah I, i've had that happen a little bit now where like i've got some some of my cousins are a bit younger and i've asked them if they're on facebook and they're not on facebook and when they i have a laugh when i mentioned oh are you guys on facebook i felt old i felt really old and the look they gave me like no one's on facebook anymore and it just well, made me think how quickly because... the tide turns my cousins are in a similar boat. They'd be, you know, 18, 20 years old. And their mum's on Facebook. Mm. When we got on Facebook, our parents weren't. We laughed at them when they came on. And we're like, oh, my parents are on Facebook. Yes, yeah. Do you know, well, why would you get on, uh, you know, you excluded, obviously. Yeah. But why would other people get onto a platform their parent was on? Oh, <laughs> no, but you're right. See, for us, it was we were there first and then the parents came. But for them, the parents were there first. The parents have been there for, you know, maybe five, ten years, and then they've come along. So I do agree. It, it, it's it's going to be hard for Facebook to come back into that position of relevance. 
and coolness. Somehow we've hit 40 minutes. We haven't yeah. even done the one thing that I, we had planned for today. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's do this uh, ad for Dom's new whistling CD. Brilliant. What's he whistling? And then we'll wrap up with uh, uh, what's he whistling? Yeah. Of today's edition. I will say on our Zoom call, Zach, I have just, you just dropped off your camera. I don't know if that was intentional. If you've decided to go have back, I, oh the, well, yeah. because I have to open my notes app to see that would be it. Um, this ad that'd be true that I've had notes it. for. Okay, so what we'll do, what this is, is if we were back in the radio days, we would have done a bit of an ad for Dom's whistling CD. Yeah, we don't have those resources anymore. We're going to try to do one live, Dom. I'm going to need you. I'm going to do the voiceover for mm. your whistling ad, and I'm going to need you to add the backing track with some whistles. Sure. Okay. I I will just I wait the loops. You're gonna, you're gonna know. You're gonna get the cues, but occasionally I might have to ask you in particular to whistle a certain tune. Okay, cool. Uh, ready so when you are. At the start, could we just get maybe? I need a bit of introduction, so maybe a bit of a whistling beat. Yeah, that's good. Keep that going. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the new anthology from the world's most exciting up-and-coming whistler, Dom Faye. You know him from his one-man Christmas flash mob in the acapella group Two and a Half Men. He was the half a man. And in high school, he was voted most likely to become a Lewis Capaldi impersonator. He wets his whistle while you wet your appetite. The new three CD collection features all your favorite whistles, like his version of Piano Man, The Whistle Man. <laughs> his personal favorite, Accidentally in Love, from the Shrek soundtrack. And who could forget? We laughed, we cried. The Baba thing. <laughs> All right, now I need some law and order. Can you do that? He only recently learnt to whistle, but he's been a whistleblower since primary school, where he was a schoolyard informant. All right, now we're going to need an upbeat whistle to bring us home. So call 1-800-LIPS-OF-AN-ANGEL for the Dom Fay whistle collection. Only he knows the air he blows. You know, I, I'm not going to get praise from you. I know that, but I was really, really happy with how I went there. You're on the ball there. Again, for mm. some reason, I can only hear every half a note, yeah. but a few of them came through really well. Oh, I will. The, if I you thought you nailed Accidentally in Love. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, if you did notice in your introduction that my my whistling um, bed underneath you did cut out, that wasn't that you couldn't hear it. I just, I, I, my lips got a bit dry, so I had to stop there briefly and wet them again. Okay. <laughs> That's the key to a good whistler is wet lips. Well, be in contact if you want a uh, copy of that CD, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's all the time we have for today. We've gone over time, actually. Yep. So let's end with a what's he whistling? We have a overdose of whistling in we the do. back end of this episode.
And thank you to Cameron for this suggestion. If you think you know what it is, message the Collector Now Facebook page. I will see it there. I'll reply to you. First person in can pick my next request. And to be honest, I would be amazed if we got any entries just based on the 40 minutes previous of waffling <laughs> about <laughs> Airbnb. You don't think anyone's listening by this stage? Oh, I think it's a stretch. Now, I should point I out, last last week on the show, Zach, you did talk about that old radio tactic of saying, I don't think we're going to get a single call on this one to get calls. Have no, you but just I don't actually that? care. I don't actually, like, back then it was embarrassing <laughs> not to get calls sure. because everyone would know because you said, hey, up next, we're going to take calls. And then yeah. suddenly you don't have any calls and the listeners are thinking, what happened? Does anyone listen to this show? Mm. Right now, I won't be bothered personally if no <laughs> one puts in... I vote for what's he whistling. Yeah, okay. Right, so you Because genuinely... personally, I feel like that the segment might be waning anyway. Oh, I think this has months in it. I reckon how this has as long in it as many songs there are in the world. That's how long we can okay, keep this well, going. Let's get go. uh, this edition <clears throat> of What's He Whistling going. If you know what this is, contact us on Facebook, not Instagram. Dom doesn't read those. <laughs> and your go. reward is you can suggest the next one. Can you count me in? Well, I don't know what you're singing, so it won't be in time. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> this is a really hard one. <laughs> you reckon you picked it? Uh, is it a jazz edition of Mission Impossible? <laughs> is that what it sounded like? Um, again, I'm hearing very little of it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone, like quite seriously, that one will be hard to pick. Because as I said, it's a little bit less melodic than, you know, The Gambler, which I did last week. Which was, I think that was so far my best performance. I was really happy with that one. All right. Well, I'm going to go get a haircut. So I've got a scoot. Yeah, my uh, hair has recently moved over to essential. It's starting to get so long. <laughs> sure. Previously, it would have just been a fashion choice, but now it is getting out of control. So, yep. I got to go. So that's all the time we have today. Next episode, Dom. What can we look forward to? Well, a couple of things, Zach. Uh, I'm worried that there's a new activity I've taken up in the midst of uh, this this lockdown that might be causing some problems for my neighbours. Um, I haven't necessarily said anything yet, but I noticed something the other day that I'm, I'm worried might be really upsetting them. So I'll share a little bit about that. Also, we continue on our quest to get Jenny on the show, um, potentially, someone who used to be on our radio show regularly, a caller from Tasmania. We're going to try to track down Jenny um, and she might join us on the show uh, sometime soon. And what I can promise is that my goal will be to keep it a little more punchier. <laughs> but no guarantees. <laughs> we'll see you in a few days, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.